0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Can We Talk? This is episode 12. Eric is out on assignment. Marquise will be uh, joining us later today. This is Anthony. Um, I'm here with Shayna. How's How it going? How you doing?
1: How you doing?
0: Going good. How you doing? All right. All right. Uh, well, just a quick plug in there. Uh, we got. Um, oh yeah, this is Anthony again. Check out my latest review for the film uh, Battle of the Sexes coming soon to um, Instagram. We at We Are Critics. That's an X instead of a CS. My own my own Instagram. My own reviews is at Reluctant Movie Buff. But today we're gonna we're gonna tag we're gonna tag off of what we spoke about last time. We we got to something towards the end there. We started to talk about MLK. Is I have a dream speech. You start you spoke about the Tavis Smiley book.
1: Death of a King, yes, that book.
0: Okay. Well there was a thing I wanted to introduce here. I got the I Have a Dream speech with me here. I read it, you know, front to back. I haven't done that since probably high school or middle school. Shame on me. But I found some just surprising, disturbing parallels from nineteen sixty three to today that I just I feel like I'm not gonna go into a monologue. I just wanted to give us like kind of like a starting point. When someone that comes up in middle school or high school reads this speech, I can't imagine someone reading this speech first learning about MLK and saying, wow, this guy was very optimistic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's disturbing to me because it's back in 1963, you say something like this, you would expect 40 or 50 years later it would be, you know, uh Some type in. of
1: improvement.
0: Exactly. One of the parallels I want to make here, he says towards the – front of the speech, but 100 years later, the Negro is still not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. Not much has really changed.
1: Yeah, it it has, um, well, it has recently transformed, but it, it went from being overt to covert. Exactly. So... Yeah, so I yeah, I get what you're saying as far as that uh line is concerned.
0: Yeah, and then there was the thing where you and Marquise were talking about leaders. Yeah. And there's a line right here. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Then later on he says, And then and those who hope that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. That rings louder no more than it does now. You have people that are willing to sit back. You have when I'm I'm proud of Colin Kaepernick and him taking the knee, and as some other people are joining now, maybe for the wrong reasons, maybe mm-hmm. for other reasons. But at least there are people coming out the woodwork. But in the beginning, why are he doing that? All, I'm worried about my paycheck, not his. You have this right here still going on today, the sitting back and relaxing. What do you got? What do you have to add to that?
1: Well, I just think. Um... Well, we touched on Christianity last week, right? I think like a lot of us, we have a Messiah complex where we allow other people to sacrifice their time and their energy, and right. sometimes their lives, so that they can make our lives better.
0: Right? You rather have somebody else be the the Jesus, so to speak.
1: Correct. You know I mean? Yeah. So that's why I was saying like we don't we don't need like a leader. Like we do need people that are. You know, able to speak, that are, you mm-hmm. know, eloquent. We need people that, you know, want to do, you know, for us and, like, and, you know, play to their strengths. Like, I don't, but I don't think that we need a leader because Martin Luther King was a leader. And then when we got, when he was murdered, right. he was, it like everything, it like, the whole thing just stopped. Like, we got the legislation and then everything just stopped.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not about having a leader. It's about everyone taking a stand. If, if if you can only do so much, that's fine. Just do your part.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I went to um, a PTA meeting mm-hmm. at my daughter's school, and it was. It's a. If nobody knows, it's an organization for parents, teachers, and students. And it was one student there. <laughs> It was two fathers, three mothers, and then the lady that runs the PTA at the school. Okay, but the thing about that is, like, being a parent, well, being a, an American in general is is not a spectator sport. You have to participate. Like, you have to vote. You have to get out and make sure that you are making things better for yourself and then generations that's going to come for people that you're never going to meet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and I I went there, and it was a it was alarming, to, like to not see that many people there. And then at the beginning of the meeting, she handed out, uh, like, a ledger with how much money was in the PTA bank account. Okay. And the little girl, she couldn't have been a more than fourth or fifth grade. She said, well, what does this mean? Like, what does this $12,000 in the PTA account mean? And she, was, and she was saying, like, basically, if you want to do something, mm-hmm. like, if you want to have a function, this is where the funds will come from. Okay. So... She's like it's basically. She's like you're the only student here, so it's like, what do you want to (laughs) do? So it's basically whatever you want to do with this money, you can. But you, but you're the only student here out of a school that has 1,200 students in it.
0: So they they were just saying this is this one kid. Yeah, that's a shame. Did did the kid answer? Did the kid come up with something, or they were just saying they're like? She was
1: just like, oh, I didn't know what you know. What does this mean? But I feel like we have to groom our children to. Go to things like this and ask questions because that's basically, essentially, what politics is. Politics is money, right? And how it gets allocated. And it's and that's and in my opinion, that's not a spectator sport either.
0: Right. We do we do have to raise these kids to be inquisitive. You know, I was an inquisitive kid. You know, my mom used to ask me why are you always asking questions because I don't know. <laughs> you know, and she kind of learned later on. But um, another thing. Don't riot into violence. He says it right here. We must not allow our creative protests to degenerate into physical violence. Ferguson, you know, Charlottesville. I mean, that's clear as day. You know, in another parallel, par- he speaks about police brutality at one point. And one thing I really want to touch on um For many of our white brothers, as evidenced by their presence here today, have come to realize that their destiny is tied up with our destiny i mean simple as that, you can't get rid of us. we were dragged over here we're not leaving you know what what can we do
1: i i I agree like we could i the i don't like the we could be better to each other
0: exactly. Love thy neighbor, because we we were talking about this. We were talking about how there's always this go home, go home to Africa. People still say that to this day. I'm like, we we have nowhere to go home to. You know what I mean? We can't even go back to Africa. To I, we're
1: more American than some of the people that tell us to go back to Africa.
0: Exactly. Yeah, Marquise is coming in right now. But yeah, that that's true. Like we we can't really. We can't really go home. I remember there was a Taxstone podcast. And, you know, I feel like Taxstone. hey, be safe, though. I know he's um, He locked down. Right. But I feel like every once in a while you get some of that, you know, that ignorant wisdom. Mm-hmm. Where he said, he said, you know, um, we can't go back to Africa because that's even been colonized a little bit. You know, where are the Mexicans in this country? They can go back to Mexico. Correct. Like that, I think the same thing applies here. You know what I mean? It's not... Like Mexicans going back to Mexico. That's just how I look at it. But here's Marquise right now. We're gonna have him uh, chime in on this. We're talking about the parallels of MLK's "I Have a Dream" speech to today. Basically, just talking about you know the the Negro still not free. People sitting back and relaxing, not doing much about you know taking a stand, not rioting in the violence. And
1: but MLK also said that writing is the is the voice of the unheard. Yeah,
0: it can be. It, it definitely is um, slightly a catch twenty two. Well, another thing you guys mentioned was the generation gap last episode, and I thought that was pretty interesting, where there is a generation gap of maybe the older generation of maybe you and Marquise that knows. How important it is to take a stand. whereas Leave that old? <laughs> I mean, don't take it the wrong way. Y'all know what I mean. And you got the generation of me where we're like, well, we'll let we'll let we'll let them take a stand. You know, they 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 they're preparing the future for us, not knowing so much that the millennials we're preparing the future for the future millennials. You know, the 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 generation that we birth.
1: Me and Marquise are millennials. <laughs>
2: I know. <laughs> No, I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I get it. I get it. I think. Um, and uh, good good afternoon, everybody. Uh, good afternoon. I think that um, you know when Dr. King passed, I think we lost a parent. You know, uh, in our in our society, and it's it's like the 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 father passed, and we never recovered. You know, it's like as a, as a you know direction comes from from the father identity comes from the parent and um we just never recovered from it and and you know it's evident you know now i mean dr king gave us our agenda you know in the 60s it was to fight it was to fight nonviolently. it was to march it was to protest um it was to um, was you know, for civil rights, uh, to fight for our civil rights, to fight for the right to vote, to fight for the right to get an education, to fight for equal opportunity. And it's almost like um, we sat down, we had a great meal and we got real full and we got real lazy because we Definitely. have more now than we did back then. And we're doing way less with more.
1: I would agree with the whole, you know, the drop the ball thing. My parents, they're in their 60s. So they were children, basically, when Martin Luther King was assassinated. Mm-hmm. So it was, I guess it was up to them to, like, carry the torch to make sure that we made progress. But their generation, like I said, I'm not absolving my parents of their responsibility. And they kind of dropped the ball, like with, you know, affirmative action. Like back when it was first implemented, it was only supposed to be specifically for descendants of slaves, and then it hmm. expanded to handicap people. I'm not saying that they don't deserve, you know, equal access.
0: Right, right. But
1: then, but now, when you look at who's the number one beneficiary of affirmative action, it's white women.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I I just think a lot of this, a lot of the protests I see are misguided. You know, I think some of them are, are, are done well, but I think a lot of misguided ri- misguided riots lead to inappropriate or basically inaccurate classification of, you know, black people rioting, basically. That's, mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not wording it correctly, but that's how I feel. I feel like a lot of the way we protest today is way more misguided than it was to when MLK, you know— in Selma,
1: there were basically. a lot of riots back then. Though there was riots after Martin Luther King was assassinated,
2: I bet there were right here in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't. You know, uh, is, the question is where do we go from 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 here? And I think it's you know contingent upon our generation um, now to reach back, and I think that's what's really not happening. Uh, you talk about our parents' uh, generation. Many of them assimilated. Um, they, you know, got jobs in the plant. They moved up here. If you talk about most people who live in Detroit, uh, most people who come from Detroit migrated. Their roots migrate from Georgia and Alabama. Um, you may have some. My grandmother. She came from North Carolina. Right, right. Uh, and then you go a little further west, where you know it's more um, more blacks in around Benton Harbor. In that area, a lot of them are Mississippi, Alabama, um, Arkansas, and things of that sort. And so, um, what happened is that, you know, we come up here and um, we get jobs in the plant, you're making $5 a day. That was a lot of money back then. Mm-hmm. So, who's going to complain now? I'm getting money. You know, my kids are, we're able to move to Southfield, um, you know what I'm saying, or, right. or the outskirts of the city. We're not in the Black Bottoms anymore. Or we're not. Um, on the east side, you know, we're moving. We're now we're, you know, we're over to the west side a little more, and um, I think we just got full with it, you know, and 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 we've kind of come away from the what I think Dr. King would say and uh, Malcolm X, you know, which is we need to still fight, we need to still be vigilant, um, and we need to understand that at any point in time, our civil rights are always in question. You know, yeah. You know,
0: most blatant example is when Obama got elected. All right, y'all, we we made it. You know, this this is this is the beginning of the end.
1: And we did not ask Obama for anything. That's where we dropped the ball. We didn't ask him. We asked every other president. Well, give, give me an example. What could we have asked Barack to do?
0: Because I, I I like to hear this argument. A lot of people say, "Well, we didn't really require a lot from him." So we what, did not. What what could we have required?
1: We have we could have required better stipulations from the bailout. Okay. Because with the bailout, we have uh, less black people owning homes now. Mm-hmm. The SBA loans went from eight percent under Bush to less than two percent under Obama.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I like to. I like to recall actually two Boondocks episodes that I think relate to this. One, there's the classic MLK episode. I don't know, you watch that show? <laughs> okay, well, there's an episode where M- I, I know about it though. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. MLK comes back from the dead, and he um he comes to make a speech, and it's kind of like um, it's an event, but there's like a lot of like um, it's it's the event that would be now like kind of like a BET event. There's a lot of music, you know, it was just black people fighting each other, throwing chairs or whatever. MLK says, ladies and gentlemen, please listen. And everybody just keeps making a rowdy noise. And finally he says, will you niggas sit down and shut the hell up? You know, like it's just I feel and like they listen then. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, well, what did MLK just say? But I feel like that scene said to, that scene said something to me. It's like sometimes it's like he had he had to speak in their language. I don't know if MLK will say that today. But I guess part of the thing I want to talk about today
2: is what would be the dream today? That's deep. I mean, I think the dream is different for you know for all of us. Yeah. Um, but are you saying as a whole or individually? Um, well, let's
0: start off individually.
2: I, I think the dream for the African American male, right, is to just be treated fairly, fairly, and to have equal rights and to be able to drive and gross point and. Um, Farmerton Hills and Birmingham and uh Maple Row without uh being targeted, um or being looked at, you know, as um a thug or someone violent and just be looked at as a human being. Um, you know, I think equal opportunity. I think um the justice system, um, you know, being more uh fair in terms of uh, you know, um Locking uh, or yeah, locking uh, Af- the African-American male up and just the opportunity to be able to um, pursue life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness without right. without so much blockage. I mean, you take uh, the African-American male who has went to college and received an education. Um, his bachelor's degree is just as good as his white counterpart. Mm-hmm. But it's not seen like that in the eyes of um the corporation. The hiring manager. Yeah. And you know, that. that's that. those are just, you know, truths, you know, that it's just not seen the same.
1: Well, I mean my dream kinda aligns with um Doctor King's um book prior to his assassination. He was um, talking about economic justice mm-hmm. for the African-American community. Because mm-hmm. right now, recent study came out and said the middle black family is worth $1,700. Middle white family, $100,000. Mm-hmm. We, we're we being priced out of America. The iPhone X is $1,000. <laughs> like, they don't care exactly. that you can't afford this. So my dream will be economic justice, you know, for the mass of African-Americans. Because we can't. I know a lot of times we view our entire community based on outliers like Oprah or a Jay-Z. Right. But even with their wealth, the middle black family is still only worth, you know, $1,700.
2: Yeah, I, I just want people to... Not people. I want my people okay. to, to, to to really just start to take life more serious. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I mean, just being honest, from what I see on a regular basis, if it's not Desperate Housewives or some show, um, you know, Love and Hip Hop, Atlanta, Siberia, whatever it is, New York, I don't care. If it's not some type of entertainment or some music, a lot are just not they're not interested. And then yeah, when something happens, man, we that's jump that's up and we say, you know, man, uh that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. No, these injustices have been going on. Yeah. But we are so sleep at the wheel because we're so crowded in our mind by all this other stuff going on that we miss we lose sight of what's important. I got to be honest. I
0: I'm, I'm I'm on selective viewing mode. I unhooked my cable box. I really just strictly use my Netflix or, you know, um My Apple TV in general But I understand What you're saying here We We have become Overpopulated With the entertainment That used to be used For different purposes Used to be used For satire Used to be used To say something Like even when you go back To the era of On The Family Jefferson's Good Times The Norman Lear television That stuff was out To say something Through satire Even Something as prominent As the Cosby show Seeing black people In Educated Wealthy roles you know, we had television like that. Now you I guess you could say blackish in a way. Blackish is kinda shows like that are kinda starting to bring it back, but that's overpowered by the empires, the powers, the right. I can understand what you're saying there.
2: It is, is is we I mean, the reality is this, like when we were growing up, we wanted to go to college because mm-hmm. we saw a different world. Mm-hmm. It was put in our face, you know. Um we saw the Cosby show. We, those of us who didn't have a father, saw a father, a black father on TV, you know, even in his own way, um, family matters. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, you know, you you saw you saw a two parent household.
0: You know what? Uh, Even with Fresh Prince, you saw a guy that came from the hood, went to the sub went went to the, um, you know, Bel Air, you Mm -hmm. know, um, basically like um, what the Hamptons. Right. And he saw a different a different world.
2: He was exposed to a different world. Exactly. I mean, we're just so... I don't know. I just feel so deeply on this issue. Like, we, you know, we, we spend so much time... Our black women are paraded on TV as, you know, you got to have a big butt and some big breasts and you got to be pop-locking and dropping in, twerking right. and having a twerk fest. And, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't be able to have fun in your own way. You know, I'm not saying that. But Dignity... Was and classiness was Rosa Parks.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: She wasn't pop locking, you know what I'm saying, and you know she wasn't telling nobody to pimp her out and all of that. You know, I mean we 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 just have gotten so far away from 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 our roots and where we came from. And I guess I find myself wondering when did it happen? Like when did we go to sleep and wake up and stop caring about how we're seen? You know, we we will. We we call our you know our, we call each other the word bitch on a regular basis. Right. Um, it's almost like a term of endearment now, you know. In, in the community, we use the nigger word like it's going out of style. Uh, I mean, it may we make it hard. I think for other cultures to respect us we when do we it. don't really respect ourselves in a lot of ways. We do. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll shut up. I can talk oh, no. all day on this subject. You know, go ahead
1: no I was just saying it's fine um, I mean I, I agree with some points but um, the whole like we there was a time where we were res- more respectable we did care about um, the way we were presented and we were still being discriminated against so by you know other cultures mm-hmm. so yeah
0: yeah discrimination it, it doesn't stop it's always been prevalent I want to make a little bit of a backtrack here and go back to the whole theme of leaders. Mm-hmm. Before you came in, Shana um, told me something about there was a PTA meeting and there there, there were a lot of there were parents there. There
1: were a lot of people there, period. <laughs> it right. was two. Mo- it was three mothers, myself included, two fathers, the lady that led the PTA and one student mm-hmm. out of a school with twelve hundred students. Wow.
0: That's common. So. Well, with your experience at Henry Ford with 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 Eric, I just want to say when you, when you when we when we speak of leaders, how how did you have a lot of moments where you saw a leader in, in maybe the the basketball team or maybe just in the hallway or in passing that made you think, okay, maybe this guy or maybe this woman, this tells me that this
2: generation there is a little bit of hope for it for this. Oh yes, oh yes. Here is the thing: And some of the worst kids. I think you see it. Mm-hmm. They just don't know because no one has ever told them. You know, the narrative has been wrote for them that you're a bad kid. Um, you're not going to amount to anything because um, you've been bad all your life. You've had discipline issues all your life. And I think that speaks to the authoritarian. And we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago with uh, uh, Emmett Mitchell, who was on the show. This authoritarian um, approach to education. You know, we want kids to come in. We want our kids to come in and conform at the same way as maybe their white counterpart, and they just don't. Mm-hmm. They come from so many different issues before they even come to school. That once they come to school, they don't want to learn anything. Right. I mean, I didn't. I don't even know where I slept last night. You know, I don't know where I'm gonna sleep tonight. I don't know what I'm eat tonight. I got to pick my brother up. I got to go to the store and get some milk. They have so many different issues going on that. Many of them are leaders in their own way. They're leading their home,
1: mm-hmm.
2: mm. and you know they're they're leading at the crib. You twelve years old. I had one kid uh, just the other day. I work in the middle school now, um, and he was in my office. Got kicked out of class. We was just sitting there talking, and um, I said, well, "Why are you constantly falling asleep in class, man?" And he's like, "Cause I just be tired." And I'm like, "Well, get off the video game." I assume, <laughs> right? You assume, and go and, and go to bed. Okay, I'm wrong. I'm dead wrong. The reason why he's tired, he has to get up every day at 4.45 and let his mom in the house. And when mom comes in the house, she comes in and goes straight to bed. He has to change his little brother's diaper. He has to let the dogs out. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. He got to be in school at 7.30. So he's not going back to sleep. Right. Now, some may say, well, we're getting him ready for manhood. We're getting him ready for manhood. But at the same time, he's a kid. He's losing sleep. He's doing things. You're asking him to do things at eight, seven, eight, nine years old. He shouldn't be doing yet. Right. And a lot of that is because the father is not in the home. So I know, I know I've know i kind of, you know, uh, rabbit trailed off. But I guess my, my quick answer to your question is that I see a ton of leaders. I was at Henry Ford's homecoming last night. I saw a ton of leaders walking around in their own way. But – They'll never know what they're capable of being if we don't tell them and show them right and i um
0: go ahead well i was gonna I was gonna bring my dad as an example when it, with his upbringing in North Carolina, and he kind of went through the same old um uh routine that you were mentioning with with the with um with your student, and he had a father in the home mm-hmm. my granddad told him to do this stuff you know you know cut the lawn uh you know do this, do that. And when I asked him, I said, well, d- did that make you a better man? Did, would, if you had to do it over, would you still do it? He he kind of gave me like a, an answer towards the negative, like, well, I really didn't need to do all that stuff. But, you know, it it, it it matured you a bit. I got a little exasperated at some point. That's why when I grew up and he was raising me, you know, of course, I had chores, but he didn't push me as far as, you know, how you got pushed down south. But I feel like down south, they were they were hardening them a little bit for the harsh realities of racism down there, too. Right. Because that was still around. You know, my dad couldn't swim in the pool when the white people were swimming in the pool and things of that nature. So I do believe in um, what, what you said with no father in the home, but I do believe even with the, when there is a father, sometimes
2: kids are hardened that way. I mean, I think uh, no. we... Were you about to say something? No. Uh, I think that, uh, you know... Definitely kids need tough love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They definitely need tough love. Uh, Two of uh, my mentees last night uh, went to the homecoming, and um, I dropped them off at home after it was over with. Had a blast. They had a blast. But in the car, we did have to get on some tough stuff, you know, on the way home, you know. Yeah, uh, the boy should be uh, take the trash out. Mm -hmm. He should cut the grass, you know, if that's what dad has for him to do. But first off, dad has to be present to give him that direction. And um, you know, secondly, he does need that because y- your hope is that any father, their hope is that one day their son grows up
0: mm-hmm.
2: and is is a leader himself who leads his family, who knows how to fix things around the house or right. or make enough money to pay somebody else to come mm-hmm. in and fix it. Right. What we are brewing now, and a lot of it, and, and I know I'm gonna make some people upset when I when I. Say this, but I'm just going off of uh, my experience. A lot of mothers nowadays who are not with that father, mm-hmm. not with that parent, are holding that child against that, that parent and don't allow that father to have a relationship with that child that because happens. they don't have a relationship with each other anymore. So now the voice of the father is not present. The mom mom is a nurturer, and I'm not saying that When my mom was hard, too. She was hardcore, too, so I'm not saying that, that women are weak in any way. But I'm just talking about the mom, her, her, her. that's why the kid runs to, the boy runs to his mom first, for nurturing, because the mom is a nurturer. She may yell at him and scream at him, but she's going to be right there. you know. And that's what he needs from her. But he also needs that father to be tough on him, tell him to get up, but at the same time, give him a hug as well, you know, right. and tell him he loves him as well. And, and when be, and he's not to there, to say I love you. Exactly. But when he's not there at all, right. you don't even have that person and you don't know how to love. You don't even know how to accept uh, love from a male right. because you've never had that before. And so the male sets the tone, the man sets the discipline, and when he's not present, He's left searching for that for the rest of his life. And so we're brewing young men now who depend on their mothers. Right. They are, by default, their mother's boyfriend.
1: Yeah, not her. Not, like, her Her equal. Yeah. Like, I, I tell my daughter all the time, like, you're not my, like, I don't say, I don't breed it like that, but it's like, you're not my peer. Right, and you will never be my peer right, right, right. ever, even when I leave this earth. <laughs> so, like, I will always be your parent. Right, right. Like I, like I try to, um, like, I had a really good childhood. I had my mother, and my father. Mm-hmm. So I try to take what I, the good things from them, and then the stuff that I just wasn't satisfied with, and I try to apply that to you know how I parent. Like I don't, I didn't do well with the, because I told you so. You know, so when she asked me why, I tell her why. Like, right. this is why you can't say this. This is why you have to do this when I say you do it.
0: And then you learn that sometimes you can't always be so blunt or... Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sure parenting is a is a job that changes every day. I'm, I'm sure.
1: Every day. And then I'm also, like, from my like my mother, like, she made mistakes. Right. My father made mistakes, but he was also an accountable parent for his, when he made a mistake and then he realized it his mistake it could have been five minutes later, it could five years later he would still apologize to me. Okay. And that's something that I took from, like, because I, I make mistakes as a parent and I tell my daughter, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> like, right. I didn't.
0: You know, and I feel like there's a lot of there, there is a pride that comes to being a parent a little bit. Like my mom, you know, we used to sit up and watch Hey Arnold every day. Every day it come on. But at the same time, even when I try to crack jokes and she's like maybe trying to pay the bills or doing something, she's like, hey, you know, go in your room. Like I'm, I'm handling parent stuff. It's a growing business. I'm like, well, where's my friend at? But I had to learn growing up. You know, she never really explicitly told me, but I learned growing up, okay, this is my friend. This is my mama. You know what I mean? Same thing with my pop. But I want to get touch on something yesterday as well, where you said in the Tavis Smiley book you learned that MLK was a lonely man.
1: He was a very yeah the the ML like um, the Tavis Smiley book it it changed my life. It it wow. really changed my life. It it gave me a new look at Martin Luther King Jr. and I no longer looked at like like the it's Malcolm X. Or MLK. It's, it's, it can be Malcolm X be and MLK. Right. It can be both, and I can take principles from both and apply them to my life and apply them to approving the life of you know our community going forward.
0: Yeah, I say everybody has a Martin and a Malcolm in them. It, it shouldn't be either or. But um, well, before you go on, Marquise, what I was going to ask was, it seems that a lot of our leaders in American history, or just history in general, are lonely people. They're people that give to everybody else. You can go all the way back to Jesus. It seems like like most of our leaders that are documented are lonely people. I kind of wanted to speak on that,
2: but go ahead, say what. Um. No, I, I mean that's a good. Uh, I was gonna go back to what she said, but that was good what you just came, uh, what you just said. I, I you know I always hear the tone is uh, or the quote is lonely at the top, mm-hmm. right? And. Um, it is you know when you're a leader i mean i i know sometimes you know for myself even being in leadership uh that um you know what what do you do when in, mlk's you. uh um in his experience the very same people that he was giving his life and fighting for turned on him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and it's amazing that you know that that's really a um a something common that happens not you know all across our country you know in our world people will build you up you know just to tear you down and you have to have some strong people around you to get you through some of those moments uh, after after uh, Shana spoke about that book I I went and tried to order it uh, but I also watched uh Tavis Smiley talk about that book on uh several different talk shows okay um afterward, and he talked about how King would not even have been accepted maybe by his own people you know by at this point
1: mm-hmm.
2: because of you know his nonviolent approach right um you know the world the The uh, black people had got to a point where they were tired of being uh, violent. They were tired of things being thrown at them, and they wanted to be the aggressor, aka the Black Panther Party, and and uh, things of uh, that sort. And so, someone who is revered in history as an amazing man is looked at as you know by his own people in some ways, not all, but by by in a lot of ways by his own people as um outdated irrelevant you know some
0: people might be bold to say a coward cuz he doesn't go to violent approach right It would right. be false but you know some people will be bold to say
2: that i mm-hmm. think that's just a it's just a tough thing you know uh, and um just as a leader
1: well i guess i mean you can take a look at our leaders that were that uh marched with Martin Luther King Okay. Like um, when I, you know, talk to my friends about Senator John Lewis, they don't respect him. They best, they they definitely don't respect his rhetoric now, and oh. his, you know, his what he speaks about now.
0: Well, well, why is that? What what specifically do they have
1: a problem with? They, um, they kind of feel like he conformed just so he could stay in the Senate for as well in Congress for as long as he's been in Congress.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, the the thought of being a leader always always intrigued me because it feels like you have a voice, you get to inspire others, but not everybody can come with you. You know, it's almost like the thing where if you die, you can't take all your money with you. Like that it's it's almost like that. You you can't bring everybody to the top with you, and that creates jealousy, it creates um creates envy.
2: So that was one thing I wanted to touch on. So we, that's, that's that's really deep, though. It you is know, when you really think about that. Why is it? I mean, the deeper question is why is it that um, someone who um, is in a leadership position, and you know, a, as Dr. King was, why did his own people, at some point, I mean, he was kicked out of Chicago? Uh, he came to Detroit for a, a, a benefit, Yeah, like yeah, a
1: benefit and, concert. He was booed he out was of Detroit. Booed out,
2: you know. Uh, people in Chicago wanted him gone, you know, told him to his face, take that, take all that nonviolent stuff you're talking back down south. We yeah. don't want that here. And, um, you know, as I remember, you know, um, reading some time back that he went through a depression. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. a deep depression. I think he went and stayed. Um, With um, Harry Belafonte or something in in California for a while. He just needed to take a sabbatical because he felt like all his walls were being torn down. Uh, You know, everything that he had fought so hard for. I mean, here he is. He said that dream that uh, that he had in in 1963 when he gave that speech had in a lot of ways turned into a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And he was assassinated. He said at John F. Kennedy's funeral... You know, as he's watching the the the, the parade, mm-hmm. that well, if they'll kill a president, he forecasted He said, well, I won't live to see 40. I mean, so. That's haunting. That's haunting, you know. Mm-hmm. You take someone like uh, Tupac, who was a revolutionary uh, rapper, killed. Right. I'm pretty sure he probably felt lonely, too, yeah. in a
0: lot of ways. Yeah, I kind of wanted to touch on on somebody. Somebody from the past or somebody in the present james Baldwin um you know a a writer but a person whose voice was heard mm-hmm. you know there's rumors of him you know just personal lifestyle him maybe being closeted not really having not really being able to really come out because he he had a voice he was a um he was a person that influenced people so they're like man they don't want to hear that part about me so I got to keep that on the other side and I feel like that's interesting right there and then you have somebody in the present where this guy really uh he intrigues me a bit. I don't agree with everything he says, but he, he's intriguing to me. Uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, mm-hmm. have y'all heard of him? Yes. You got someone like him who says controversial things. Some of them you could agree with. Some of them you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And then you got this video where he goes off on somebody that's kind of like in the same collective with him. I forgot what it's called. The Conscious Black Movement, mm-hmm. where he's calling them all type, all types of niggas and you know, calling him everything but his birth name, and it's like, dang man, you're a leader. Like you, you kind of slipped up with this one.
1: But I feel like that that loneliness can drive you to madness. Like if it can. you uh, it can, the um, if you view the the PBS documentary, that talked about the Black Panther. It's talking about Huey Newton. Like he was, he pretty much went crazy.
0: I bet. So, cl- me- closing statements. <laughs> Ladies first. <laughs>
1: Well, um, just uh, my closing statement will be as far as Martin Luther King's dream. Like I said, like, this is not a spectator sport. Being a black American, being an American period, you can't just sit by and let other people do the work. You have to do the work um, wherever you wherever you are, wherever you can. Like I said, like, I, I don't feel like like I have, like, particularly like good like leadership qualities but i am in like you can start at the pta at your child's school just so because for me it doesn't make sense to send your child somewhere and you not know what's going on like you have to know what's going on like or at minimum have your child sign up so they can come back and tell you what's going on so i just feel like we all have to do our part and not just in the voting booth we have to do our part in, and actively work to improve the community.
2: Well, I, I disagree with you. Uh, I think you are an amazing leader. Uh, Thank you. I've sat here on this show with you and heard how you, you take your daughter to the library. Uh, you spend a, a great deal of time with her. You read to her. Um, you have real-life conversations with her about uh, life, uh, things that she's doing right, things that she's doing wrong. You sit her down and you talk to her, and um you're at the p t a meeting. The biggest leader that you can be right now is a leader to her, and I think you 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 from what i've I've learned you know since meeting you here on the show that you do an exceptional job if we Thank could just you. get more parents who mm-hmm. um do half as of what you do uh we'd be in a in a better place um in terms of dr. King. Um, you know dr king wanted economic justice mm-hmm. um you know and, and and i think he wanted a fair uh, education system for uh our kids and working in education uh one of the main things that i see is um just dilapidated buildings uh no educate no real education going forth especially in detroit outside of king Cast and Renaissance um, mm-hmm. you know maybe there's a couple other schools you can throw in there where there's a little something going on right but I'm talking about when you talk about the focal point, uh, it seems like every other school outside of those schools just get the leftovers right you know whatever's left, you just go to these schools, these neighborhood schools around you. so you know I, I think we need more people to get involved. Um, it's time for our graduates, our alumni to come back to these schools that they graduated from. And help out in some kind of way, donate some money. Hell, use your bridge card. <laughs> buy, you know, go go to swipe that boy and buy some pop and chips and stuff for the football team or I something. I mean, Hell,
0: even Big Sean went back to Cash Tech for
2: a minute. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, but that's the problem. Everybody's investing.
1: <laughs> Waiting for Big Sean to do. <laughs> you know, yeah, right,
2: we right. we we gotta all we gotta all get involved, and I think that's that's how we continue King's dream. Is seeing to it that the next generation that's sitting around us so lost right now because parents have taken a a break from parenting that we get back involved, really involved in our kids' life. Great conversation,
0: y'all. This needs to be an ongoing conversation. Well, this has been another episode of Can We Talk, Episode 12. Eric, I hope you're listening to this because, you know, you're a better moderator than I am. I tried my best. You did a great job, You did a great job. (laughs) Awesome. All right, well, that's a wrap.